the sunshine on the water so fine See the waves fall Don't you know the wind's offshore? Don't you think it's time to raise a toast To the crafty beers of the Sunshine Coast Yeah, crafty beers Hello stout sippers, foam funksters and pale ale purists. I'm Paul Taylor and welcome to another episode of In Pursuit of Hoppiness. It's a podcast about craft beer on the Sunshine Coast. As you've already pressed on the go button to this podcast, I probably don't need to tell you that the craft beer scene is absolutely booming in Australia. And on the Sunshine Coast, well, we're leading the way. Around 20 independent breweries and more of them are coming. It's already identified as the craft beer capital of Australia. This podcast, it's about those breweries and the people behind the making of all that local beer. It's about who they are, how they got started and why they chose the Sunshine Coast. My mum told me that you can't always tell a book by its cover. This episode of In Pursuit of Hoppiness is a case in point. When Glasshouse Brewery founder Simon Michelangeli fronted up, I'd never laid eyes on him before. So I took him at face value. That face was beardless. What I didn't know was that he'd just had his very first shave in 17 years. We cover that in our chat. Remember what my mum said, you can't tell a book by its cover. Speaking of books, did you know that outside a dog, a book is a man's best friend? Inside a dog, it's too dark to read anyway. Here's me and Simon Michelangeli from Glasshouse Breweries and No Beards in pursuit of hoppiness. Now, I grew up here on the Sunshine Coast. A radio station in the past tried to call themselves Greater Sunshine Coast because they broadcast into Caboolture as well. So I'm ruling Caboolture out, right? Caboolture's <laughs> not Sunshine Coast. <laughs> the Glasshouse is clearly the Sunshine Coast, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Both you know, physically from a boundary point of view, yep. but from our point of view, much more you know, conceptually, like the, the Glasshouse Mountains um, mean something to, to people as Sunshine Coast, whether you're from... Noosa, the hinterland, Caloundra. So we we were very inspired by the fact that these these, these beautiful mountains are the very first thing that you see coming up the highway. Um, yep. Welcome to to your Sunshine Coast holiday or welcome home. That um, that affinity that people have with the Glasshouse Mountains was something that um, inspired us and inspired our brand. Captain Cook saw him when he sailed on by. So I've been here. I, I did all my schooling here, all that sort of. So I grew up here. One of the things I still get to this day, because I spent a lot of time in Brisbane, is driving through those pine forests and seeing the glasshouse mounds off to my left, and I literally start breathing easier. I'm not kidding you. Mm. It's just one of those signifiers. The glasshouse mountains means to me I'm coming home. How'd you get here? How'd you get to the glasshouse brewery? Oh, that's an interesting question. So I'm from Melbourne originally, Oh yeah, uh, and I've spent some time living overseas. For family reasons, really, I moved to the coast about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I arrived without having any idea what I was going to do. Why did you arrive here, though? Why choose the why choose the oh, such so my, got my, Australia um, to choose? My, my wife at the time, her family was up here. Mm-hmm. Pushed the friendship a little bit. We moved overseas, <laughs> had a baby overseas, moved back to Melbourne, had another baby, and then she said, it's about time. Right. And you'd visited by then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And... Um, 
To be honest, I was a little bit unsure about setting up life on the coast, yep. um, but it's been the best decision that I've ever made. Sunshine Coast is full of surprises too, isn't it? So I'm a queen. I'm born in Queensland, but you know my parents moved away, and we came back here in 1978. I was from Mel- from Melbourne at that stage, and my real concern as a 13 year old boy was: it's rugby league. I play Aussie rules. Is there going to be Aussie rules at Caloundra? And of course, we drove into. Caloundra, first business basically on the right as you walk in was the Caloundra Aussie Rules Club. It surprised me. It was a thriving Aussie rules scene here. The Sunshine Coast has a tendency to surprise you with just what it's got to deliver, doesn't it? I'm just looking at you you opposite me. You're wearing a shirt that's got Glasshouse Brewery on it, and I wondered what the diamond shape or the pentagon shape was at the top, mm. and that's GHB. It's a beautiful logo. Well, that's um, very insightful. Not not all, not always people see the G, the H, and the B, but yeah. absolutely. It's also a representation of the Glasshouse Mountains reflecting. Yeah. Uh, yes, it re- is. Reflecting on the water. So It is. Yeah. That, uh, that angular top. Yeah. It's beautiful and so simple. Really simple. Um, Can I share with you the story behind the name and the logo? Yeah. So when we first started this project, uh, which was eight years ago, I I suggested first up that we call um, the brewery Glasshouse Brewery. Yep. And the rest of the team... Um, so oh, look, it's a it, it's a good name, uh, but it's not. We're not technically in the Glasshouse region. Maybe we should call it something else. Mm-hmm. So we came up with 192 other names. <laughs> Four months later, yeah. we after a very long, painful process, uh, we ended up coming back to everyone agreeing that Glasshouse Brewery is actually the best name. <laughs> you you obviously didn't have enough power at the start. What's going on? <laughs> No, it was, uh, it's, you know, it's all about collaboration. And, yes. and what we found is that our brand, as welcome in Noosa as it is. Yeah, well, that's so. a, well that, for that reason, it's a great name then, isn't it? You mentioned there eight years ago that you thought about starting up. That would have put you at the forefront of the Sunshine Coast craft brewing industry eight it, years ago. Well, we, we were at that stage, Greg from Sunshine Coast Brewery, was flying the flag for craft craft beer that and had, the been, park there. had been doing so for many, many years. Yes. Um, and he had a little commercial site in Ocean Street there. Did for a while. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's so, right. And good beers too. Absolutely. So he he really paved the way apparently in, this, in the industry, um, owes him a, a certain debt of gratitude yeah. for the fact that um, for many years he was flying the flag for craft beer and not many people were that interested. Yeah. At the time, um, we knew that there was a couple of other breweries in planning, but felt that uh, there was a good chance that we would have been the second brewery on the on the, the, the Sunshine Coast. Sure. If we'd got our act together. Right. But, um, <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> for us. <laughs> At least took, you're honest. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it took a lot longer than what any of us had thought um, for various reasons. So we ended up opening four and a half years after committing to starting the project. That's a gestation, isn't it? It was, it was. Uh, and we ended up being the 11th brewery wow. open. Um, wow. So it's it just shows how how rapidly the industry um, has has grown. And now I think we're, we're over 20. In yeah. Of the number of, 
right up around that mark is incredible, isn't it? So we are really punching above our weight. So when did you open it? When was your first day? It was the last day of November in 2018. Okay. All right. And what did the business look like then? What did the brewery look like then? So it didn't look much different to, to what we have today. So yeah. we've got a 160-seat um, restaurant. That's a big restaurant. It is, it is quite big, yeah. So we opened... Um, in Forest Glen with a very strong Italian focus for our, our menu. Yes. Um, and that's evolved over time, uh, but certainly the standout for us from a food point of view has been our pizza. And we've yes. got a cult following there, which has been great. So, yeah, the brewery is in a in a, in a separate building directly off the back of the beer garden in yep. the venue. Yeah. And we've refined our, our product range over the, over the years and have settled um, to a point where we... Um, overwhelmingly brew uh, very approachable styles that um, that are reflective of, I guess, the the climate and the region and what what we feel people really like drinking. Yeah, you brought one along, I see. Yeah, so this is our draft. Okay. Um, feel free to, to crack one open. Okay. So talk to me about your draft. So this is a classic. The classic Aussie Lager is. Really inspired British beers and yep. very kind of malt driven. This this beer has some English hops, but it also has uh, a touch of Australian hops. So Pride of Wingwood, Ringwood, which um, is a uh, you can have the big one, mate. I didn't quite get even there, and you've given me the big Cheers. one. You're a nice man. I like you already. So um, we've got a touch of Pride of Wingwood too, which is an, an Australian hop and um, something that is um, that is a feature of VB, for example. Right. But, um, for us, it's uh, we take a lot more time um, to create this beer compared to a, a mass-produced right Australian on. version. So you'll notice that it'll have a, a much sort of uh, much more depth of flavour, I guess. Okay. Um, and this is our kind of when somebody comes to the brewery and says, "Oh, look, I don't really like." Yes. Um, which does happen. <laughs> Can quite, I tell you, I've regularly. heard that a lot in these interviews that I've been doing. That is one thing that seems to be a regular with craft beer organisations is people f- wanting to front up and almost dare you by saying, I don't like craft beer. What are you doing here, mate? But anyway, they <laughs> say it yeah. and are almost always proven wrong, by the way. So um, I'll come back to that point okay. because it's interesting how things have changed over the the, the four years or so that we've been doing this because yep. um, there has been a real shift. But um, but for, for this, you know, we when somebody says, yeah, I don't I don't I don't like craft beer. Yep. Um, <sighs> Crafty beers. <sighs> I like that. It's very light in colour. Not very light. It's light in colour. Yep. But yet it's got a really nice, um, strong taste to it. Yep. It, it it tastes like beer. Well, that's right. That's what people say. They they uh, they take the first sip and they're not they're not really wanting, oh, wanting to like it. Yeah, but um, it's very refreshing. But then after two or three sips, that they, they, they have a very similar response, which is just, this tastes like beer. Yeah, good beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interestingly, we mm. we have m- many fewer mm. conversations. Why don't you have Forex Gold on tap? Yes. And, you know, do you have any proper beer? <laughs> yes. um, we, we, we used to have those conversations quite a lot when we yeah. first opened. And I think um, the fact that very rarely uh, um, do we have those conversations anymore indicates that people now understand a little oh, bit. Oh, sure. I think um, that's, yeah. And that they're, they're open to trying. Yeah. Uh, and that I also think that the fact that craft breweries like us are making beer like this, um, which has – 
quite broad appeal yep. um, is a reflection of starting to make products that are, are much more approachable. Mm. Um, and so you don't have to be into really super hoppy beers. This would still be described as hop forward though, wouldn't it? For this style? Yeah. Um, look, not particularly. For a, If you were comparing it to a mainstream Australian version, it, it, it is. Yeah, um, that's what I was getting getting a little at, bit yeah. more bitterness coming through. Yep. Um, and a little bit more hop note at the top of your palate. Mm-hmm. But there is not a huge amount of hops in this beer. Okay. So, you know, at 4.2%, it's it's pretty well balanced. And, and and that's, is this one of your staples? Is this one that's that's on, it is, it is, on but, the um, tap all the time? It is. It is. It's kind of our house beer. We do we do sell more pale ale, for example, over the bar than we would this, this beer. Oh, yeah. Typically, um, more than 50% of... Of all craft beer that's sold in the country is is pale ale and it's still the the, the number one the big one. But we have a premium lager and a draft um, mm. that uh, probably compete as our our second second beers on tap. But um, but then we also have surprising beers like our raspberry sour, uh, and I brought you a, a, a sample of that too. Yeah, but this is saying orthopedic group. Raspberry Sunshine Coast Orthopedic Group Raspberry it Sour. Is, it is. So this is um this is something that we do that's probably a little bit different to most other craft breweries, certainly on the coast. Yeah, we put the a, wrong label on. That's what you we, do. We, well, well, it depends <laughs> depends how you look at it. But um, we have a a, a white label um, brewing business where we make uh, custom branded beers for mainly businesses. So but what do you for call white label. So white label is when you oh it's um, blank. Yeah, and then you put a correct. Yeah, right. Oh, so you 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 basically it's a white can, and and you brew something for somebody and put their logo on it. Yeah, so Got it's you. not it's not a term that we invented. It's something no. that does um that does exist outside of what we do. But catch up, Paul. Catch up. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, you're all good, mate. You're all good. So it's it's an interesting part of our business because we work with we launched it maybe a year ago. Yeah, um, and have made. Beer for more than fifty different businesses, predominantly based on the coast. Some of Brisbane. Wow! So whether that be accounting firms to lawyers to got a couple of customers that have uh, turf businesses. So yep. uh, every time they deliver turf to somebody's uh, house, they they give them a four pack of their I love turf beer, um, and they're uh, they're great customers of ours. So it works really well for them, and it's great for us to to kind of extend the reach of craft beer because yeah. the people that, you know, instead of going buying a case of Great Northern and um, having it as a thank you gift at the end of the year, um, accountant firms will actually have their own custom Something beer. really special. Mm. So we're getting, um, it's helping us get locally made craft beer into the hands of more people. And you're capable of producing that kind of stuff? What sort of volumes are you doing? How, you, when you brew, how... How much do you brew at a time? Stuff like that. So our brewery, we we brew typically between uh, fifteen hundred and three thousand liters okay. at a time. Okay. So what we do is have a, a couple, actually three specific recipes that we do um, specifically for white label beer. Okay. Range. Yeah. So yeah, so customers can choose from a from a lager. Um, to a version of our draft and a mid-strength pale. All right. Okay. Yeah. So did this start up because of necessity or because you got inquiries? How did this side business, this side hustle start up? Yeah. So I think um, for us it's part of the, the bigger picture and I'm working on a separate but related project um, to 
to build a, a drinks, a contract drinks manufacturing facility. Um, and we see this as a way to kind of extend the reach of craft beer and okay. other, other markets. So, so you tease yeah. me here when you say a contract drinks facility. What, does, what, what are you talking about? So we, um, I helped um, uh, lead a project with the, with the Food and Agribusiness Network um, that's based here on the coast mm. to set up a, a food and beverage manufacturing precinct. We spent a couple of years um, developing the concept and been able to garner a lot of support yeah. from all three levels of government to a number of global industry players and a huge number of, um, of local food and, and, and beverage businesses. Uh, and we will be building a large facility at Sunshine Coast Airport to Righto. support um, the growth predominantly of Queensland-based drinks businesses, yep. not just beer, uh -huh. um, spirits and a lot of non-elk uh, products as well. That's becoming more cider. popular, isn't it? The yeah, non-elk stuff. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So non-elk beer is quite interesting uh, in terms of it being uh, a rapidly growing part of the market. Yeah. Um, but it is difficult to make, and this is one of the oh. things that we're trying to solve for Queensland-based breweries that yeah. want to get into non-alc beer production. So there's there's a few different ways to make non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. You can brew a traditional beer, yep. and you can remove the alcohol, mm -hmm. but typically that has a big impact on flavour. Yes. So it's not ideal. Yep. Um, then there's some super, super expensive technology to use non-porous membranes to filter out the alcohol where you kind of take the, the alcohol and the water and then you're left with kind of a lot of the, the, the flavour compounds and then you recombine it back and it's... it's Sounds um, like fun. <laughs> it's highly complex. The other way is to use unique yeast and bacteria that create a very small amount of alcohol to mm -hmm. the point where it's it's not really registrable. Wow. That's not uh, something that's that's easy for a small brewery to do. Yeah. The, the other thing is that alcohol is actually a very big preservative component. Of oh. So hops has a preservative quality too, but having four, three, four, five plus percent of alcohol actually inhibits any growth and, and makes makes beer shelf stable without having to add any preservatives or anything else. Gotcha. When you don't have that alcohol, yep. um, the product is much more susceptible to you know, going off. Going off, basically. Yeah. So you need to pasteurise. Okay. So, and that is expensive. So we will have pasteurisation as part of what we're doing um, in this facility at the airport. Um, we will also are hoping to have um, some of that really whiz-bang expensive filtration technology yeah. so that we can offer a number of options to do um, and make products that um, that uh, other smaller breweries would, would be usually unable to make themselves. And is this precinct uh, something that will be a destination in itself for, for visitors and locals alike? Yeah, we certainly hope so. So the plans are still being finalised at the moment. We do want to celebrate what we're doing in the region. Mm -hmm. We're hopeful that there'll be a significant hospitality component yeah. of what we're doing because there's just there's just so much to to kind of showcase here on the coast. Yeah, isn't so, there? So <laughs> it's quite amazing. So you know whether it be you know fresh local produce through to some of the amazing spirits that are now being made mm -hmm. um, through to the music scene. Absolutely, absolutely. So so I'd say watch this space. Okay. So how does a bloke like you get into all of this? It's like there's a bit of science going on there. There's a bit of marketing going on there. What were you doing before 
before you got started? So my background was in corporate marketing and strategy. Yep. And then I left that fairly safe career yes. um, to start my own food businesses, which I did in Melbourne. Yep. I then essentially transitioned to the Sunshine Coast, got out of those businesses mm-hmm. and was looking for something in the food and beverage industry. Um, I had always had an interest in brewing at home and yeah. had a good friend who who was a great brewer. Yeah. And we agreed to join forces to start this business. And yeah, that and he's he's never been able to move permanently up to the coast, but mm-hmm. still kind of supporting um, the business from afar in Melbourne. And he is also now doing a lot of product development for other breweries, but also distilleries as well. So so we will end up kind of working more closely together on this future project. That's big on the coast as well, isn't it? Distilling, that's just growing and growing and growing. Look, other than, and I say this uh, with all due respect, other than the beautiful beaches, the fantastic climate, the the lush hinterland that is the Sunshine Coast, what are the advantages of working out of here in a home, in a craft brew situation as opposed to, say, somewhere else. You could have chosen anywhere, but you've chosen the Sunshine Coast. You must have come across some great advantages about the size of the place or how we operate. Well, I think um, from a business point of view, the fact that there wasn't an established market when we first started this project Mm -hmm. and, you know, it highlighted that there was a huge amount of opportunity. So we, you know, we didn't we didn't think there'd be twenty plus breweries by twenty twenty two. I don't know um, if many people did, <laughs> which um, which is ultimately it's great. Yeah, there, it means that um, it is quite competitive. Yeah, um, and the benefits of that are that um, there's um, there's a critical mass of industry um, and skills. So people are moving to the Sunshine Coast that that have um, backgrounds in brewing and want to pursue a career here. Mm-hmm. They know that there's a lot of opportunity. So yeah. there's an advantage from that point of view. There's also an advantage now that um, there's there's a lot of knowledge, and the industry in general is is quite collegiate and supportive of each other. And what that has meant is that the quality of beer that is being produced on the coast has increased. Um, significantly yeah. because as as breweries and as brewers, we, we learn from each other and, you know, there's there's breweries that are really setting a quite a high standard for everybody else and so that's kind of it's creating a, a rising tide and we're now, you know, as, as we, we, we've talked about, punching above our weight as a region um, to the point where, you know, we're the, the craft beer capital in terms of a, a, a regional location. Yeah, yeah. Where do you sit with awards? What's uh, what's your thought on on putting your beer up for awards? Do awards do any good for your brand? Is there something more in awards in that, you know, you can all discuss things with each other? <laughs> well, we've given up on uh, on awards because Matt from um, Offer Beach just wins everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I read his – I've Googled his list and brought it in with me. There's a massive list of awards, isn't there? He um, he does an amazing job. And I think um, he he also calls out the fact that the early, early days of brewing, it was the feedback that he was getting on that's his beers. Exactly. That, that's why that, I asked. That helped, yep. helped um, improve it. So we do submit our beer in awards from time to time. Yep. And um, we've, we've won a number of medals in, in, in the past. Yep. We certainly see the value in that, and we will continue to be part of part of awards, particularly Queensland-based awards. Yeah. So yeah, it it is it is a good way to bring it a spotlight to 
what we do. But yeah, we're not, you know, we're not um, heavily focused on on, on awards, and, and our focus is on creating beer that's 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 really drinkable that you keep wanting to go back and have another one. And um, sometimes that means it's not totally specific to a style. Yeah. And sometimes it means that from a technical point of view, may t- not tick all the boxes, but it still might be a, a great beer. Yeah. So this, this draft is a good example of that. It doesn't actually fit. It actually, I think, technically is an English bitter. It's probably the, the closest from a, from a, a, a category. Oh, really? Under the, under oh, really? Awards. But it doesn't necessarily execute on all the things that that particular Got style. you. So, yeah, right. Yeah, that's probably quite a technical uh, answer yeah, about, that's a great about, answer. about awards. So, yeah. you know, they're, for us, they're, they're really it's nice acknowledgement, but we don't design our beers to be necessarily specifically true to style. To hit that, hit that category mark. Yeah. So, I mean, another example is our, um, we do a, a seasonal stout. Oh, yeah. Dry, um, a dry Irish style stout. Now, it's really actually quite light in body. It's almost got a crispness to it. Yeah. It's designed to be the, a dark beer that you you're happy to drink on a on a, on a hot summer's day. Mm-hmm. So again, that product doesn't fit a traditional right. stout. Yeah, um, but it's a great beer. Yeah, and it's people that like dark beers will just come. People come to the brewery just to drink that beer. Yeah, right. Now this is a this is a beer that I've got on my hand now. A sour. This yep. is a raspberry sour that tends to really separate beer lovers and other people. <laughs> a lot of people well, don't like sours. It's true. It is a polarizing. Polarizing style. is the word I'm looking for. But what you also find is that um, the customers that drink That's this, got this raspberry beer, colored foam. That's it, fantastic. Well, there's 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 120 kilos of, of raspberries in that. <gasps> I'm not that kidding you. Look at that. Wow, that is vibrant. So this is um this is interesting because. The, um, the customers that drink this beer, typically. Cheers. Cheers. Crafty beers. Uh, oh. Heavily bearded men <laughs> who are really, really into their beer. Or, or the ladies. Right. So okay. it's not, it, it's not, it's not. Wow. It's, it's, it's for people that enjoy cider that say they don't like beer. Yeah. Very often if they try this. Oh, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. And on a, on a hot summer's day and see how. By the and way, I've, I've heard if your father hasn't got a beard, you've got two mums. So I don't know if that's a, you I, um, one of the drinkers that you are, get. Are you asking for a comment on that? Because no. I think I'm just going to leave that one. <laughs> You're unshaven at least. Um, no, I'm just talking about the people who drink this. It, 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 I'm surprised that you say that. Well, you say that I'm unshaven, but yeah. I actually shaved for the first time in 17 years um, three days ago. <laughs> Is that the truth? <laughs> it is the truth. Wow. Yeah. So I, I've met you for the first time. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're you. You're probably feeling very un-you at the moment. I, uh, if there was a mirror here, I would be scaring myself. Wow. That's a wonderful thing. What? What? How did this come about? Uh, my daughter said to me, Dad, I've never seen you without a, without a beard. Um, would you shave it off for me? And I said... I don't think so, honey. And then um, the next day, I turned up, and uh, and she she didn't know what to think. No, nah. I think she actually started crying. Yep, uh, she was shocked. Yeah, she didn't say very much. I can understand. How old is she? Uh, she's fourteen. Yeah, right. So I can understand that. Yeah, and then I and then she's like, "Thanks for doing that." And I said, um, "So <sighs> should I keep shaving?" And she said, "Probably not." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. 
That is a beautiful story you've just told me. That is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. God, it makes your heart melt, doesn't it? <laughs> Firstly, uh, well done you. You said no straight up, but then without question, yeah. you did it. Had to go and buy razors. Gosh. I did, and I did cut myself a couple of times too. <laughs> I'm out of practice. And then after all that, this massive thing you've done, and your daughter says, oh, Dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great stuff. What's your daughter's name? Zara. Hello, Zara. Uh, and this one's for you. What a beauty. Great stuff. You're going to keep shaving. You're going to keep growing your beard. Back, I am. I am. I'm not, I think I'm going to wait another 17 years before I shave again. Well, let's focus on uh, what we're here for. Food's obviously an important part of what you do as well. You said you got a 160 seat restaurant, and that's been there from the start. Mm. So that was part of the plan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a beer brand needs a home. And you can create a home without necessarily having um, a restaurant yeah. or even a food offer. But when you add food, it, it becomes a destination yeah. and it becomes a place where everyone can come. So there's a very we're, – we're, we're based in Forest Glen and there's a very strong focus to, to our customer base. Yeah. Everyone's welcome, whether it be the kids, mum that doesn't like beer or, you know, a whole bunch of – um, tradies who who knock off on 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 three o'clock on a Friday and want to yeah. come and um, enjoy a few beers. So for us, that um, having that hospitality side of our business has been really important in in establishing us as a brand on the coast. Forest Glen's an interesting part of the Sunshine Coast. Uh, it it seems to be a place. Uh, it's certainly grown uh, residentially in the 30, 40 years that I've known the Sunshine Coast. It's a beautiful subtropical rainforest area. Mm. There are such great patches of beautiful, beautiful virgin forest out there. But yet it's quite intense with some industry as well, isn't it, that seems to be pocketed and almost hidden. There are some great schools out there as well. Um, and there's the passing traffic of the Bruce Highway in Australia's number one national highway. You would really see some interesting clientele, some different clientele, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. In terms of the development area, it was one of the reasons why we decided to build. Yeah. It's interesting that it's only really now in the last couple of years that development's really taken off. Mm -hmm. and so there's been over uh, 400 houses built um, within a stone's throw of our right. of our uh, brewery, yes. and there will be a new retail development with an IGA and medical centre and a lot of other businesses opening up literally yep. over the fence. Yeah, um, and then more and more land in the area is opening up for development. So it is it's very fast growing. Yeah, and I would have loved if if this development had happened a little sooner. Yes, um, but <laughs> it cost wise. Uh, well, just in terms of bringing people to the area and you know. A few years ago, if you said we're in Forest Glen, yeah. most people would give you a, a, a blank stare. Where's that? And, and say, yeah. either nod and not know. Yeah. Or, um, Us old locals would have said, oh, the deer sanctuary. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So we're in the same precinct as Canara and, and that, oh, yeah. that business. Which has, is a which is a Whole Foods and, a, and a, is that how you describe that business? Whole Foods and, and um, Yeah, certainly Whole organic Foods and, and, and um, yeah, the majority of what they do is organic and yeah. um, also the butcher there is amazing as well. So we, we are a, a little hub for quality local food. Mm -hmm. And so as our hub has become more well-known, um, that's also helped people understand where we are and come and see us. Are you getting people coming down from the Black Hole Range as well, coming down from, say, uh, Montville, Mullaney, Mapleton yeah, area to get your beers? Yeah, absolutely. So most of these places are only 10 or 15 minutes yeah. drive. And for a lot of 
those areas, Chevalum, Palmwoods, um, Hunchy, et cetera, we are their closest brewery. Um, yep. But um, for some of them, we're also their closest restaurant. So, yeah. so we do have a lot of customers from that side of the, the highway. Another beautiful thing about the Sunshine Coast, literally 10 minutes either side of you, you've got the beautiful hinterland mountain ranges and you've got the beaches on the other side. It's a pretty amazing spot, isn't it? It is, it is. And, you know, we're 10 minutes from the coast. And we're just on the on the Bruce there, so it's pretty easy to get up north or down south. So we are very central. And what we're finding is that that people are coming to us as a as a central destination. Yeah. So if people from Noosa need to meet people in Caloundra, they come and meet at the Glasshouse Brewery. Sounds good to me. Uh, you've been going four and a half years, I think you said. Where will you be in the next four? Well, m- make it five and a half. Uh, so 10 years, after 10, ten years. years of operation, where do you hope to be? What do you hope to be doing? Well, this big project that we're building uh, at the airport, where we're starting to do some work with Sunshine Coast University and some others on drinks innovation, product development. So the vision for for us is um, for Glasshouse to be a key part of this ecosystem. A number of really interesting drinks companies and, and uh, working on um, products that better for you so functional beverages that actually have health benefits and stuff like that combined with beer or separate from beer um, we're still exploring that so we're in the early stages but the reality is in in five years time we'll be making uh, drinks that we haven't even yet thought of wow some intriguing stuff going on there simon glasshouse Brewery, an intriguing beer I've got in front of me as, of, uh, as well, this raspberry sour. I think a good note to, li- uh, uh, to leave on. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to In Pursuit of Hoppiness, made possible by Visit Sunshine Coast. If you want to learn more about the great craft breweries in our region, crack the top of the Visit Sunshine Coast website and look for Australia's craft beer capital. And if you want to listen to more episodes, you can get them there too.